0: Hey ladies, welcome to WTF, Women Talking Frankly, a running conversation with your
1: hosts, Kyle and Candace. And you, about issues facing women, such as health, hormones, our looks, our libido, life, and anything in between. We promise to dig deep and get into it each episode. Welcome. We're so glad you joined us today.
0: Candice. It's another time again to do another
1: podcast. What do you think? I'm ready. Okay. I'm always ready to talk. I know. (laughs) Isn't that the truth about us? And, and, And hopefully some of you are listening. Yeah. Well,
0: you know, we've been talking a lot about different topics lately and Valentine's Day is coming. And we thought it'd be really fun to talk about not only the health of the heart, but the health of the heart and its relationships. And what is we're going to call this podcast? What is the secret ingredient to living a life of health and happiness? So, what are most of us looking in our lives? If you ask almost anybody, they will answer, "I want to be healthy and happy." How do we achieve those two things? So, you think about some people strive for excellence excellence in what they do. They work hard, they eat well, they exercise, they save money, they invest, they strive to build a good financial safety net, a company, a vision, study hard, do public work, volunteer, and no doubt. These are all important. But the longest in-depth longitudinal study on human health ever done, which is called the Harvard Studio of Human Development, just released its results. This study was started back in the 1930s. Amazing. I I think during the Great Depression, obviously the researchers were hoping for some optimism.
1: Yes. No one was very happy then.
0: No. And they took 724 participants. Um, These were boys from troubled low-income families in Boston, plus they had Harvard undergraduates. So they had a really nice sprinkling of demographics. They had them fill out questionnaires, plus they also collected info about their physical health. Over the years, they've added in the spouses of those people, plus they now are interviewing 1,300 descendants of the original group. The conclusion came out. But good relationships lead to health and happiness, but they must be nurtured. So over all the things that people did in all the years, it wasn't the exercise, it wasn't the food, it wasn't their jobs, it wasn't how much money they made, but it was their relationships and how many relationships they had and how strong they were. And what they came up, the conclusion was that loneliness has a physical effect on the body. You're more sensitive right. to pain, it suppresses your immunity, lowers your brain function, disrupts your sleep, makes people grumpier. If you don't live as long. Yeah, they said that increased chance of death is 26% in any given year. My God. So think about that. And look at what the pandemic <sighs> has shown us. Look at the look at the rates of suicidal attempts, depression, anxiety mm-hmm. in all range of life, especially like the teens that are too mm-hmm. much involved in social media. You know, we've all heard about this for years. Mm-hmm. Funny thing is they said the UK has actually established a ministry of loneliness, which is amazing. I think that's phenomenal. And it talks about how some people are introverts and they don't need a lot of friends, but as long as you perceive that you're connected with people, Hmm. It doesn't matter how many friends you have. It's the quality of the friendships and the quality right. of the relationship yeah. with somebody like you and I, I tend to be more extroverted. Obviously I love to have a lot of people in my life and I, but again, I have to nurture those relationships or it doesn't matter. So if you feel isolated, that that's the negative impact
1: wait to that point you just made i just want to read this bit from the latest book from michelle obama the light we carry mm-hmm. and an excerpt from this just as you said it's not the number of friends it nope. may be the, the quality of your friendship she says i'm fully convinced that you will get further in life when you've got at least a couple of solid friends around you When you're reliably and demonstratively invested in them and they in you. So true. And that's the the nature invested in them. So we could say nurturing them, nurturing that.
0: Absolutely. And the other things that, you know, there's so much that came out in January, I think it was all over the New York times. It was all over the real simple magazine. Everything that came out in January seemed to be about this, Mm -hmm. about the the study that came out and the, and the importance of relationships and how important it is to nurture them. And they talked about how, what the pandemic did is think about, I don't know about you, when you walk down the street, take your walk, you see the same people every day. You have these sort of like casual conversations with people at the grocery store. You have these very sort of like, seem like serendipitous relationships, but those are really important to your mental health. Mm -hmm. And being so isolated, we were behind our masks, we were stuck in our houses, we couldn't get out. Social distancing
1: made us more social, socially distant, it,
0: I Truly, think. And, and socially isolated. And yeah. it led to a lot of, you know, stress and anxiety and depression. I mean, I know how I felt. I have this beautiful place I live in with high ceilings and light coming in, but I felt lonely. And it was like, mm-hmm. I live in a condominium and I moved here in May of 2019. The pandemic began, what, 10 months later? Yeah. I didn't get to meet half the people in my hallway. It was such a weird feeling to me that everybody was behind closed doors. So think about people who are truly lonely, living alone, older. Maybe the children live far away,
1: so isolated. So and the, the, the way it was, the feeling with everyone behind their mask, and we sort of had fear in our eyes. Absolutely, there was this avoidance of each other, totally. and it was a ter- it was it was not conducive to, you know, if one thing emerged in this study, it was the the importance of relationships for happiness. But how are we nurturing our relationships, and how are we nurturing them now? that we're sort of in this place where we're not wearing our masks anymore. It is post pandemic, but I think some of us have become more socially awkward. I I think
0: that's really true. My daughter and I were talking about this. She was saying to her husband that, you know, you got to start getting out there with your friends again. You kind of got too comfortable being home with your computer. I mean, zoom was a, it was a lifesaver. Yeah. And those, and those chats and talking to people, texting this group texts were happening at first. People were like sending all these funny videos
1: Everybody,
0: it was a lifeline. It, everybody was striving to stay connected somehow or another. So, they talked about in this article some strategies to work on relationships, mm-hmm. which I thought was really important. Reach out more often. And I think this is one of the best ones. Pick up the phone. Don't yeah. just text, don't just email. Actually, pick up the phone, call somebody, and talk to them. Candace and I have this amazing relationship. I don't do this with many people but I'll call Kayla. She lives about 60 miles from me, 45 miles from me. It takes an hour to get there anyway. We'll talk for an hour on the phone. It's the funniest thing. Most of my friends, we don't talk on the phone that long, mm. except for my, some of my lo- really long distance friends, but very few people really talk on the phone anymore.
1: anymore yeah,
0: Anymore, And it's the, true. It's so, we will sit and talk and I'll feel like I've just had a most amazing, delicious visit with her. I'm like, yeah.
1: Oh, this is so fun. And you feel so connected. It's like, you just talk. And, uh, well, texting does not a relationship make. No. I mean, if this is our social universe, it's not working. Or I mean, email, it's not communication. I, I think sometimes
0: when um, I've gotten annoyed with people and they've gotten annoyed with me, and and it's the tone of the like. My daughter and I talked about this. The tone of the text yeah. can come off as very angry with all kind of emails, and people are not. It's just the way. It's a style thing, and if you if you misinterpret that when you if you're sitting with somebody on a phone, even though you don't have the visual cues audio cues are huge.
1: Yeah. And there, I mean, there's no nuance when, no, you're, no nuance. when you're texting.
0: No nuance. And so, they, so, so they said basically reach, and I love this one. It says, If this one person talked about a teacher that she had when she was young who made her feel important, she said something to her when she was little that was so important to her that when recently as an adult she decided to reach out and she found that teacher who's now 94 years old and she wrote her a eulogy letter, a letter of appreciation to tell her how grateful she was. Now. Not only did that make that 94-year-old woman feel good, but it made yeah. the person who wrote it feel good. We often forget. I heard about somebody recently who was diagnosed with a with a, um, a, a very severe illness, and he knows he's not going to have long to live. So they had a, a living memorial for him. And I think, you know, these mm-hmm. are the kind of things that's like we forget to tell people how much we care for them and
1: appreciate them while they're alive. We do. We uh, we admire things about them we might not say it aloud. We're thinking it but we don't tell people how much we. have And I think with a lot of uh, friends as we get all, you know, many of my friends are in other places. They're not mm-hmm. they, they're not where I live. I can't see them necessarily. So Zoom is is helpful, but I think it's important to make the effort to make a trip to go see that yeah, person. I do too. It's I... like my daughters don't live here. You I envy you because your kids are here mm-hmm. in town and you can see them. I can't just go next door and see my girls, but I can call, you know, I will just call them. I'm not going to have, I, I'm not going to have a relationship with my daughters. That means I have to make an appointment to talk to them no. on the phone. Just the, remember years ago, we all just called somebody. We didn't That's have to true. make an appointment. To no, talk I know. To someone. Are
0: you available to talk between four
1: and five today? Yeah. No. And then it changes. And then you've got to, I mean, I'm sure all of you who might be listening are relating to this, but it, it has been, I think it's been easy to fall into this kind of, this socially isolated hole that is easier than making the effort to meet up with people, mm-hmm. but it is, it's not satisfying no. and it does feel lonely. It does feel so, lonely. And they said also,
0: even like talking, walking down the street, talking to strangers, you know, those yeah. people, sometimes, you know, I, I see people um and I think, they're all alone. They're walking down the street and I have a dog. So a dog makes it very easy to connect with people. I I think it's they people, oh, your dog is so cute. And then you start talking to them and you realize... You might be the only person they're talking to all day long if they live alone. And I think that connection for people is so important. And for me, too, I I think how great it is just to be, you know, people might look grumpy, especially if they have a mask on. You really can't tell what they're thinking. And suddenly Mm -hmm. they sort of lighten up and they smile and they laugh with you. And it's just such a fun feeling to come home and say, oh, I saw all these nice people today.
1: Well, I was in a store in Portland last week and we, I had the most amazing conversation with this woman who I bought a beret from her, about a few <laughs> berets, and we just ended up having this great conversation. She was, you know, a professor of literature at one point and she had all these, we just had some, you know, we just clicked. And yeah, if I never see it. her again, it was a very, it was just, you know, two people, it was communication. It was so lovely.
0: I think those people are like little earth angels. Sometimes you meet them yeah. and you think, who was that person that had that great conversation with? Oh, that's right. That, that's a that woman I was in the store with. And it's like, so funny how that happens. It's that quick instant connection mm-hmm. it made, yeah, feel good are, and
1: made her feel good too I and think. we've lost we've some of that we've lost that in in this write-up that i read about the harvard happiness study what well, was the harvard adult development study it it says research shows that a lot of people think oh i'm going to be happy in the future when i get that job mm-hmm. i want when i get the money or when i retire and i have more time but the idea of a time surplus is a fallacy You can do something small and actionable today. I love that. Yeah, I love that.
0: It's so so true. I mean, we have to stop being so future oriented. We have to be in the present. When Mm -hmm. we're always thinking about the future think I'm planning for that next trip that next trip That mm-hmm. ne- rather than saying today I'm going to wake up I'm going to walk down the street and oh my god the fla- I saw today that Daphne odora is blooming oh my god my favorite time of year for smell ah and,
1: uh-huh. you know, I
0: don't know if you don't live don't live in the northwest you don't know Daphne odora is the most fragrant flower I think in the world's most beautiful flower you know yeah it's gorgeous it's so it, pretty it's too. like those little, little small things if you don't say oh I'm, gonna, I'm planning for this next trip
1: I'm going to just go outside sometimes and just enjoy the moment that Zen thing mm-hmm another thing that I've done to try to nurture relationships just with my fellow humans is to get involved. I mean, this all sounds so predictable, but yet do we do it? I have wanted to draw and learn how to paint. And I joined a class, uh, a watercolor class. And interestingly, I've met so many people in that class and three of them are people that moved to the town I lived in I live in now from Portland. Mm. And so they're having the same adjustment that I made moving from the city to sort of uh, you know, the boonies. We mm-hmm. are in wine country, but you know, just being able to talk to them about the changes that the accommodation that it is and you know, how do I meet these people otherwise? I wouldn't have met three people that moved to my town oh. without joining, you know, doing so that that's that obvious idea of how do we nurture relationships or make new relationships. We, we get involved in things we like to do. Maybe We join the Sierra club and do walking and hiking. We take an art class. We learn, you know, learn, take French lessons or whatever it might be. It's so true. And, and, and one, and one of the things I've noticed over the years is that the
0: whole dating thing, you know, we think about everybody's online and I would tell people just like, like Candace said, do what you love. Do what you love. Join the activity club that's that you know is dear near and dear to your heart. If you love dogs, become active in the humane society. Whatever it is, Get involved with the people that get involved with the organizations you like. You'll find people like you, and those connections are really easier. Then you have something Mm in common
1: right away. You have something in common, and not to mention, I mean, all of this is rather stress. I mean, this is reduces the kind of stress and angst and anxiety people feel when they feel left out or Mm -hmm. disconnected or distracted or missing out on something, but they don't quite know what. And that, I mean, that gets back to our heart health really, doesn't it? It's, it's February's heart health month. Yep. Yeah, what does is, is nurturing relationships have to do with our heart? Well, it's funny you said all
0: that. Right. Um, another article was in that real simple magazine, the same one that you quoted, the Michelle Obama piece. Mm-hmm. It was all about relationships. And there was a researcher, there is a researcher named Stephanie um, Cacioppo. She's a PhD, she's a neuroscientist, and she wrote a book called uh, Wired for Love A Neuroscientist's mm-hmm. Journey Through Romance, Loss, and the Essence of the Human Condition. She met her partner, her husband. And he was a uh, research he was a researcher on loneliness and she was a researcher ah! on love and she before she met him she didn't think she could ever really meet anybody and she kind of just was studying love as an academic but she fell in love with him and then sadly after seven years he died she lost him to cancer but she calls she talked about how um the, the brain is the true organ of love heart is where you mm. feel the palpitations. You mm-hmm. feel the heart fluttering when you meet somebody, you know, you know, something's going on, but the brain is the arbiter of forming monitoring, maintaining, repairing and improving connections. So it's the brain that processes all in. It. It's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. But she talks about, this is kind of fun too. She talks about our ability to love as human beings is a superpower that when, if you look back over hundreds and thousands of years, as a species, we weren't the strongest, we weren't the fastest, and we couldn't fly, so we had to learn to collaborate with other people. And right. through that collaboration, we had to develop relationships, and that helped us be stronger. You're stronger together than you are alone. You also had to negotiate with the other species, the other, um, the other sex, in order to procreate. So there's mm-hmm. all these like fun physiological, evolutionary things that formed that why we're able to love and why it's important to love if you were an isolate in a community back then you wouldn't survive you wouldn't even you wouldn't thrive and you wouldn't survive right it's the same thing now if you're living alone in a hermit that loneliness thing is going to predict you to die sooner
1: yeah it is interesting how how people they they talked in the one of the articles i think it was the atlantic article had a a very thorough analysis of the harvard uh, happiness mm-hmm. study and they talked about a man who had who spoke so emotionally about his sister how much right. he loved her he never saw her but he never saw her right. and there was someone else in his life that uh, a maybe neighbor. a son or well, a he had a son or a child that he never saw either mm-hmm. but but spoke you know very how important that relationship was to him and how much he loved his son and yet he never hadn't seen either of these people in years. And his only friend was this woman who lived, an older woman who lived in a trailer near him. And he would go in the evening, help her make dinner and watch television with her. Right. And he said in the interview, he, he was one of the subjects in the, in this ongoing study. And he said, I don't know what I'll do when she passes.
0: Right. And then he's lost connection with all the people in his life. Yeah. And, he, and I think he's almost learned like new behaviors. I'm not, I'm afraid to reach out now. It's been too mm-hmm. long. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that can happen in your life. Like I have some cousins I'd lost contact with, Yeah. but I've also found that if you reach out to people that you haven't been in contact for a long time, most people are very like understanding. It's like, I think, especially now it's like, Oh, no big deal. You know, let's pick it up where we left off.
1: I just got a call yesterday from a friend that I knew um, in Europe years ago. We met actually interesting. I was living in Paris And I was really feeling lonely. I just, I don't, I can't remember why we were there. We were having an experience living. So we're living in Paris, which can be a tough town once you're, really living there, It's it, especially if you're not fluent in French. We were trying to be, but it wasn't coming that easy. And one day out of desperation, I thought, I'm I'm just going to go to the American church in Paris because mm. that's where Americans gather. And I was standing in line um, waiting to get into this event, hoping to meet some, you know, at first you go there and you think, oh, I don't want to hang out with Americans. I want to have an experience. And I, then you realize so true. I need to communicate in my own language. I need to find my diaspora. De- I need, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I met Doreen in line. And, um, that was how many years ago, over 30 years ago. Mm -hmm. And I'm still friends with her, but I haven't talked to her so far in a couple of years. Um, and I'm not, she lost her husband. A lot of things have happened. And yesterday I got a call from her and she's, she said, Candace, I'm so she's talking to my voicemail. I'm so happy to hear your voice. And it was so it was so poignant. I could cry sitting here right now. You know, I have a history with that person. We, we experienced a certain part, you know, just because we're not having day-to-day interactions with people. We we have people that in our lives, all of us, that knew us when, and then we, it helps us to know ourselves better. And just hearing her, I can't wait to call her back, actually.
0: I know my husband and I were just talking about this, because I was talking to my friend from high school today. I've known her for 50 years. Uh, well, let me think, no, is that my exaggerating? 55 years, excuse me. Uh-huh. I met her when I was 15, and she and I, I, I said, I'm so lucky that i had this group of friends in high school but we lost touch for a while but then we had a reunion a few years ago and it's just there's no animosity there's no weirdest but there's a, this kind of, almost like a, a family feeling but like you mm-hmm. said we went through so much together as kids yeah. we've kind of watched each other grow up there's just so many ways at, to to keep your relationships fresh, I, mm-hmm. and I love so I love this whole things about how do we keep things fresh. Yeah, well, that's a good question. She, like I've been married for 43 years; you have been too.
1: So long. time for a divorce. But she
0: said, "How do you keep things fresh?" <laughs> just joking. No, this is the funny thing. <laughs> sort of. This <laughs> is this is the funny thing. So she, she said, "When you when you first have a relationship." You're curious about the other person. So you ask them, you know, what mm. kind of music do you like? What movies do you like to watch? Mm-hmm. What's your favorite color? You know, yeah. What's your, what's your sun sign? What's your astrology? And she said, think about the things, check in with your partner and ask them, is there anything new that you're interested in? Or, you know, just check in with them again. Keep it fresh. Try to be nice to them. Like <laughs> you
1: be nice to a new person, be nicer to them. <laughs> be, like, more, be curious. If you ask me one more time where the spoons are, <laughs> what? Yeah, that's grounds for, I don't know what. You're grounded. You're in time out. <laughs> no, but that's so true. It's like, do we ask each other our how not only our opinions about things, but how we feel about something, how that makes us feel. And we, and we grow apart in
0: some ways and we grow closer in other ways. And that's just true of friendships. Yeah. It's true. I always say to people, you know, I've been married a long time. You have too. Can you imagine picking a friend to live with for the rest of your life? Yeah, that's it's daunting. <laughs> so you have to realize that relationships are going to wax and wane. But I think the friendship thing and I think um, the relationship thing, if if you're not close to your family, you usually people create families. It's really important to invest in your relationships. And for those people who don't have a partner, her advice was you know, think back on somebody that you did love you mm-hmm. in your life or reach out to a friend, nurture a
1: friendship. There's mm-hmm.
0: always somebody in your life that you can, and there's always people that are less fortunate than you. That's always another one too.
1: And I remember a time when my, I was in LA and my, um, uh, my boyfriend from high school, Frankie Rubinger actually called me. <laughs> I have not seen him. It was, he, he, I, had I, a I Frank hadn't Frank seen too. him. Had a Frank Rossi. Yeah. Frankie Rubinger. Oh my he God, he Frank was Rossi, uh, 2 FRs. This is too funny. Ah, <laughs> he 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 was my um he was my first uh well I I he that was the de-virginizing event. Same here. It took a year and a half. <laughs> this is funny. Frank, it, I held out for a year and a half. Okay, I didn't hope I hope you long. guys well but I was Frankie was very good about it. He was very patient. That is so so funny. So 40, Frank 45 years <laughs> later he calls me. Oh my god. And I just happened to be visiting my mother and he we decided to have lunch together. And he was he had been a few years older than me. So he was in his 70s. I was still in my 60s when we met, met up. And he looked great. It was fine. But I thought what was so touching was that what he said to me was, I I looked you up because I'm I'm getting older and I'm exploring and and my life and me Mm -hmm. and trying to understand myself better. As I get older, I'm who reflecting. am I now? And I that's want, and and who was I then? And I want to get together with people that knew me, that know me, that is a sweet to thing. help me understand myself better. It was, he, he actually is a family therapist, <laughs> he, he a family and marriage therapist. He is? Yeah, that's oh. his, that's his work. But I thought that was so, um, it was just really very touching as a way to just try to understand who I am, who I've become, in life, you know. It and was so just... and
0: so and that's interesting because I'm I'm thinking as you talked, you know, you and I both moved away from where we where we grew up, and a lot of people never do move away, so they have the yeah. same friends as they did when they were they young. They have that
1: solid like, foundation which is there. Great,
0: but you may never explore beyond that. And you may get stunted in that because you don't have a mm-hmm. chance to reach out. Like I got lucky, I had a great group of friends where I grew up, but that's not always true where you grow up. Sometimes people don't have that same um the same choices opportunities but i think again layers layers of relationships are important mm-hmm. you have your closest people then you have acquaintances and, and your friendships they're, they're but they're all important in different ways oh i think so too and she so, and, she well, said, I, mean, no, and she, I know so and she says in this woman's St- stephen Carp- her last name excuse me is stephanie and i don't want to mess it yeah. up again I don't want to say Carpuccio, but that's not, I'm Italian too, but you know, <laughs> Stephanie Car- Cacioppo, she said, love is as essential as food, exercise, and water. And we know this, look mm-hmm. at animals and even like a dog, if you leave a dog alone all day long, you could feed it and you can walk, but if there's
1: no love there. They get, they get lonely. Mm -hmm. You can see it in their faces and we're the same way. And when you were talking about people who are alone, some of them are wise enough to know that having a dog is the best. I mean, if you want to talk, I I was in yoga the other day and my teacher asked us, how does your heart speak to you? Mm. And I thought, I've never thought about that. I mean, I've never, she said, I want to ask you all a question. How does your heart speak to you? Mm. And we were all sort of, no one had an answer Flabaganza. because no one had ever been asked that question because you think of your heart. What is the message your heart is trying to send to you? Well, she said. "Interesting thing." And so I had this thought that came to me that I probably needed to hear or experience, but it was more in words. You think of your heart, you think of heartfelt, mm-hmm. you think of feelings, emotions to do with your heart. But it's also a very wise organ, you know, when we talk about using our intuition, when Kenna Stevenson talks about trusting our intuition, I think we have to listen to our heart in some way. And and, and how does your heart speak to you? And sometimes I think when I'm cuddling with my dog, oh yeah, he's speaking to my heart. Yeah, totally. that's i mean that's heartfelt messaging communication and i think we need more opportunities for that absolutely for, to to cultivate that
0: well that's the other thing we didn't have during the pandemic was hugs yeah we Oh, my God. bumping and we were doing all this it's uh-huh. kind of you walk up to people and go oh. Like, I just Mm -hmm. want to, I want to hug you and I can't. And it was, Mm -hmm. it was hard. And so I think that touch is a really important thing. Oh, that's huge. Like they say, you know, the five senses, when you think about when people are dying, they say the two most important senses towards the end are smell and touch. Ah. And so Mm -hmm. those are really important to just spend time together and hold somebody's hand or just, you know, massage is a great thing. If you're a lonely, go have a massage, have somebody at least touch your body. And that's a
1: very, I mean, that's a good idea.
0: Yeah. Make you feel better. So it's important. Um, but so speaking of hearts and, and February and being heart health month, and since we're at w- women talking frankly, we are also about hormones. Remember we talked about the fact that estrogen is really important for our heart health. Um, right. we know that, um, I mean and all, and all balanced hormones are excuse me, my husband just walked in the room. We got a little distracted to feed the, to the feed, dogs. To feed, to feed the dog heart. That we were just talking about. <laughs> so anyway, so that we know that um people who um, take estrogen and balanced hormones have um better cardiovascular health as well.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, that actually, we were just talking earlier today, it being the Heart Health Month, just talking about cardiovascular health. We know that women have much lower rates of heart disease when they're younger, but once they hit menopause, that way that risk goes way up because of this shift in our estrogen and progesterone levels, um, estrogen in particular. And estrogen is also very much linked to the production of serotonin, the happy hormone mm-hmm. that that happy calming hormone in our brain. So um, yeah, so hormones, again, listen to our our previous episode and we're going on about the importance of replenishment, mm-hmm. restoration in, as as needed and restoration. and um, this is just to segue into that the importance of relationships, connection, Communication and a little bit of hormone. (laughs) Yes, right. And and omega 3s, of course. And we can never end without talking about hormones,
0: but we also wanted to end with a little song today. Somebody very famous died this week who wrote some of the most beautiful songs ever. Okay. One of my favorites is this one.
1: We are at the end of this WTF, Woman Talking Frankly podcast episode. In signing off, we want you to remember that what you are feeling is not all in your head. And that you have so many options to choose from to get you back to balanced living. Until next time, be well. And remember, if you want a great life, you need to ask great questions. Be courageous. Ask for what you need. With love, Kyle and Candice. Our website is womentalkingfrankly.com, where you can find all of our episodes, check out the show notes for resources, articles, and remedies, and where you can also feel free to email us with any questions, a hormone story, anything you'd like us to share with our listeners.
0: Women Talking Frankly, WTF, is produced by Dan Rigger of Medicine Whistle Studios in his lovely Southeast Portland, Oregon studio. We want to thank our webmaster and dear friend, Deb Hollister of Pure and Simple Graphic Design. We also want to give a shout out to all of our family, friends, and patients for all of their support and encouragement to start this podcast. We are your hosts, Kyle McAvoy and Candace Birch.